thank you for being here today. Amen. Come today with a simple message. I probably will not tell any of you anything that you don't already know. But I do want to remind us of some simple facts today, if that's all right. And, uh, for instance, a simple fact that many of you probably know this. If you don't, it's an interesting fact. But of the 27 books in the New Testament, the first chapter and the first verse, out of 24 of those 27 New Testament books, Jesus is mentioned first. Before anything else takes place, before we get into any of the stuff that he did and the stuff that he said, first, his name was mentioned. First, Jesus was mentioned. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah, which was Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand thou what thou readest. And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth, and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And preached unto him Jesus. My title today is Healer, Friend, Bright and Morning Star, Lily of the Valley, Lion, Lamb, Father, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Redeemer, Savior, Rose of Sharon, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Emmanuel and Yahweh. Or to condense it into one word, my title today is Jesus. Jesus. Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now? God, we thank you. Surely your presence is in this place. God, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, that I would speak your word, God, and that you would move in a mighty way. God, I am your vessel, God. I pray right now that you would speak to this congregation, God, and that you would move, God, as we talk about your marvelous name today, God, and we've come to give you glory and honor and praise, and we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated.
If there is a message our world needs to hear today, that message is Jesus. In the world that is full of sin and immorality, it is full of headaches, doctors' visits, and bills. This world needs Jesus. But you see, we oftentimes use Him as a second option, or other times even a last resort. Usually when we hear what He has to say, we go to a doctor for a second opinion. Before we go all in with God and rely on trust, we want to see if there is an option that does not require my faith, only my finances. But in the Bible, the ones who got healed all had one thing in common. Jesus. You see, in the Bible, you can go reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all the way through the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, of all the mighty things that God had done. But I find it so amazing, just to name a few in one chapter, the Bible says that as Jesus got off the boat, this man named Legion, who means we are many, the spirits had possessed this man. He come running to Jesus. He came immediately as soon as he saw Jesus. He began to run to him and ask him that he may be freed of these spirits. Just a little later, you see Jairus come approach him. And he said, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Would you come with me? And then you see a woman with the issue of blood who the Bible tells us she had already done all these other things. She was simply using him as that last hope, that last resort. Jesus is coming by today. I better catch him before he leaves. I have no more money. I've been to so many doctors. This is my last resort. Some immediately went to him. Others took their time and tried other alternatives before going to Jesus. But what, it was not about how long it took them. It was simply that they knew they had to get to Jesus. I've come today to tell you I don't know what your past looks like. I don't know what all you have tried to do to ease the pains of your life. I don't know the measures you have gone through to keep things going just so you could keep your head above the water. I don't know your failures, but I do know it does not matter how long it has taken you to make it into the house of God. And it does not matter how long it has taken you to get it all right. All that matters is that you are here today and so is Jesus. That is all that matters is that you are in the right place today. When the young man in Matthew 19 asked Jesus what he had to do to have eternal life with him. Jesus told him he needed to sell all he had and give it to the poor and follow him. But the young man walked away wishing there was another way. He was hoping that maybe, just maybe, there was another way that wouldn't require such an extreme sacrifice. If there was a way that maybe I can enter into the kingdom of God and not have to go by this exact plan, that would be wonderful. But what God told him is you need to sell all you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. But all is a lot. All is extreme sacrifice. All is more than some of us can even imagine. But can I tell you today, he is worth it. No matter the cost, he is worth it. No matter how much faith it's going to take, he is worth it. No, how much energy it's going to take to get up and come to the house of God on a Sunday morning. I tell you today, he is worth it. There's a famous slogan. I'm sure many of you could say it. 
What would you do for a Klondike bar? What would you do for a Klondike bar? Their commercials would show the extremes some people would go to to receive a Klondike bar. They would act like monkeys. Husbands would load the dishwasher. And people would attempt to take out one, of the, one out of the hands of an angry polar bear. All for an ice cream. The question asked, what would you do for a Klondike bar, caused them to go to some extreme measures just for something so tiny and so simple. They were willing to do just about anything for this one little Klondike bar. But I ask you today the question, what would you do for Jesus? What extreme measure would you go to today if you could just have Jesus? Would you push through a crowd this morning? Would you come running down from a mountain? Would you jump out of the boat and begin to walk on the water? What would you do crazy for Jesus today? I was told a story of a friend of ours who is in St. Louis. And there's some churches around there that are really good friends. And they commune with each other. And they go to different churches and they hang out all the time, and he said that they all had this bright idea. They all set up nativity scenes every year for Christmas, so the people that are driving by can view the nativity. Well, one year, the church walks outside and looks at their nativity scene that they have out there, and they notice something's pretty funny. They look around, and they see Mary, and they see Joseph, and they see the wise men and the shepherds, and the animals that were there that day, but something was still missing. And they look down and they see in this manger, the little baby Jesus is no longer there. Their friend church down the road had taken their Jesus. And it became an ongoing deal where these churches would take the other church's Jesus. And they would ask the other church down the road, what are you willing to pay for Jesus back? What are you willing to pay us to make sure that that baby Jesus is back in his nativity scene? And so that church would rally together and they would raise funds for that other church. And they would say, hey, we've, we've got to get our Jesus back. We've got to get the Jesus back in our nativity. I, I pose that same question to you today. If somebody was to take God away from you or you just absolutely had to have Jesus back, what are you willing to pay? What, were, what are you willing to sacrifice? Would, would you desire it so much that you got on the phone with people in the church and say, hey, I, I'm calling today because I need Jesus. I'm calling today because I've looked around and something's missing in my life. I've looked around and it's not where I usually have it, but today I, I, I'm calling you. I've, I've got to do something. I've got to have Jesus back. I've got to have something in my life that wasn't there yesterday. It wasn't when I woke up this morning, but I know how to get it. If I can rally together, if I can call some people, and we can rally together so that we can get Jesus. Sometimes you can't do it by yourself. Ask the man who was lame and crippled in his bed. He was wanting Jesus so bad, but he couldn't do anything. But he called up some friends and some buddies and he said, I, I, I know where Jesus is at today, but I can't get there by myself. So these four friends of his pick him up in his bed. And you know the story, they climb up on the roof, rip the roof open, and put him down. That's an extreme measure to see Jesus. When you can't do it by yourself, there is people around you that you can call on. 
and say, I, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if it's even possible. But if you can get me to Jesus today, perhaps he might do something great. Perhaps some of you today barely made it in. You went to some extreme measures to get here today. Well, good news. Jesus is here and he's wanting to make you whole. Good news today. I don't care what you had to do to get here. Jesus can make it all right. Amen. What are you willing to pay to get Jesus? In Corinth, men were preaching their own version of Christianity and insisting that it was superior to Paul's. Paul says that these false but arrogant apostles may be far better equipped orators than he is. They may be the professionals and he an amateur. They may be the men with the academic qualifications and he a layman. But the fact remains, however unskilled he may be in technical oratory, but one thing is for sure, these men don't have a clue what they are talking about. Paul's opponents might have all the resources of oratory, and he might be unskilled in speech. But he knew what he was talking about because he knew Jesus. He's the one true living God. He is the great I Am. He is the one and only Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 11, he says, For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached. You see, there are going to be people who preach other Jesus. There's going to be people that come and they tell you that there's a different plan. There's going to be people who come and they give you a second opinion when God's is not good enough. Paul said you have got to shut that down right away. Jesus should be the center of it all. Not Jesus Jr., not a God of our own creation, but the one and only J-E-S-U-S. There's a video out there right now that's all over the world. It's where the words are said from the platform that when we come into the house of God and we are worshiping, we are not doing it for God, we are doing it for ourselves. That's other Jesus. That's something different than what the apostles had said. Church, I don't know about you, but I came today to worship the one and true living God. Not for me, not for my needs, not for my desires, but simply because He is worthy. The Bible doesn't say whatsoever ye do, do all in the glory of yourself. It says whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. There was a famous painter, many of you know, his name was Leonardo da Vinci. And he was painting this portrait of the ever so famous Last Supper. When a friend of his came and was admiring his true work of art, the friend could not stop looking at the picture. As da Vinci would look, the, the man was just in awe of this painting. And the man began to talk about the silver cup that was on the table. And said it was just stunning. And he could not keep his eyes off of this glowing goblet. Da Vinci in all of his anger immediately got some paint and wiped it over the cup and blotted every piece of it out. And the friend with a stun looked on his face, looked at him and said, why did you do that? Why did you take away that silver cup? It was beautiful. It was stunning. It was just breathtaking. Why did you do that? Da Vinci responded and said, the focus is supposed to be Jesus, not on something else. 
Anything that took focus off of Jesus had to be removed. I wonder what would happen if we would adopt that mindset today. That anything that would distract me from where my focus is supposed to be, it has to be removed. I don't care if it's a silver cup. I don't care if it's an addiction. I don't care if it's the TV, the radio, the internet. I don't care if it's this thing we carry in our pockets called a cell phone. If something is keeping your focus on something other than what it's supposed to be on, it needs to be removed. Da Vinci was so shaken up because this man was concerned with this cup. And it bothered him because the painting was this huge portrait of Jesus and his disciples at the Last Supper. Surely they could have noticed his disciples. Surely he could have noticed the baskets and the food that was on the table. But to notice one cup before Jesus, there was a problem. But the focus had to be Jesus. The world doesn't need something flashy distracting people from Jesus. The world doesn't need any more people pleasers, light, smoke, and mirrors. The world doesn't need another spineless preacher or or my opinions. The world doesn't need more doctors, lawyers, or teachers. They don't need pretty answers for their question. They need Jesus. Our world needs Jesus. Our world needs the message of Jesus. The Bible never says what the eunuch was searching for. The Bible doesn't give us a huge background story on this man. The Bible just says that there was a man who was in his chariot and he was reading. He was searching and reading the word. I don't know if it was part of his daily bread Bible reading. I don't know if he was trying to study something out. I don't know if he was doing it out of habit. All I know is God sent Philip to this man. And the Bible says the eunuch asked a question. Philip could have given him the typical answers and walked away. He could have told the eunuch what he thought the eunuch might would like to hear that day and make the eunuch feel good and candy-coated a little bit. But the Bible says that Philip preached unto him Jesus Well, what do you think he said to him that day, Brother Land? What do you think he said when he said Jesus, when he preached Jesus? I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong this morning. But in my mind, I imagine that it probably went a little something like this. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. John said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which us and which is to come, the Almighty. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, 
who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost Matthew said and behold there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow and for fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men and the angel said unto the woman fear not ye I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. Corinthians said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. He goes on to say, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord, Jesus Christ. No wonder that eunuch was stirred that day. No wonder he had something churning in his heart. That he he could have saw a glass full of water and tried to squeeze himself in it. He said, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Something got a hold after Philip began to preach Jesus unto him. I wonder what the outcome would have been if Philip would have just told him what he wanted to hear. I wonder how the eunuch would have felt if Philip would have just went spouting off some nonsense. Quoting some scriptures that he had read that morning on his daily Bible study. But Philip preached Jesus. Philip preached something to that eunuch that day that stirred deep down within. And caused something to begin to move inside that eunuch. That when he saw water he said, oh, this is what we were just talking about. This is what we were just talking about when you said I had to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, Philip, why are we waiting Why do I have to wait another day? Here's water right now. I'm stirred. I'm stirred. I've got to find water. I've got to find what you're talking about. Uh, You preach Jesus unto me. Now let's fulfill this Jesus thing. That eunuch was stirred in such a way. He was looking for an answer. He had his Bible open. He was reading just looking for something. He was hungry. He was searching in the Word of God that day. And the Bible says that God sent Philip to him. God sent Philip to him. Why did God do that? Because that man was hungry. Because that man was searching. He was looking for an answer. God brought you here today because you are searching. 
Because you're looking for something more than what you had yesterday. Because maybe what happened last week wasn't good enough for you, so you came back today. And, and I don't have a pretty proper message to preach to you today, but I hope I could convey Jesus to somebody. I hope that I can show somebody Jesus, that I can say, come see a man, and your whole life could be changed and altered in just a moment. I've heard it said, when you have nothing else to preach, preach Jesus. That's not why I'm doing this today. I'm not preaching Jesus today because there weren't thoughts going off in my head. I'm preaching Jesus today because in prayer, I begin to pray, God, what, what do I need? What, what does Greater Life Church need? What will our guests need? And I just kept feeling, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, a stirring in my heart that just said we need Jesus. Jesus should not be what we preach when we don't have anything else. Jesus should be what we preach until he gives us something else. And you better believe even that will be covered with Jesus. Just a little talk with Jesus. Still makes it right. Jesus is still the sweetest name I know. Jesus, the only name by which I am saved. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I wonder how many of you feel that way today. You can have this whole world, but give me Jesus. Preacher, I don't want your pretty words. Give me Jesus. Teacher, I, I don't need just a silly Bible study. I need Jesus. I'm not here today for some time. No, I need Jesus. I need a supernatural touch that I can get nowhere else but Jesus. You don't understand. I'm not here to see a doctor. I've spent all I've had on doctors. I've went time and time again, and they don't have an answer. So I come to Jesus. I don't care how long it's taken. I don't care how long through your journey it's taken you to get to this place. Jesus is here, and he wants to move over your life. I give you Jesus. You've got a problem? I give you Jesus. You've got a heartache? I give you Jesus. You're stirred in your soul? I give you Jesus today. He's the one true living God. He is healer, redeemer, my friend, king of kings and lord of lords. If he can't help you, then I don't know what else to tell you today. Can we stand all across this place? There was a man who was asked to go pray at an event in Washington, D.C. This guy who was not a Christian invited him to come and pray over this event with over 100,000 people of all different walks of life. Muslims, Christians, atheists, and many, many more. When he gets there, they tell him the schedule has changed a little bit. We've moved some things around just a little bit because in the spirit of correction and, and correctness, they have asked for some others to pray as well. They asked him, would you want to go first or do you want to go last? And he said, I didn't really know what to say until I felt something moving in my soul that said, you better go last. And he said, so they asked these people to pray. They had an imam, a Muslim, who will pray, a universalist who will pray 
And then this man. The Amman prayed a simple prayer and walked off. And then the universalist who went up before him was a lady. And she said, God, you're the God of many names with no name at all. You're the air, you're the rock, you're the tree. You're everything and yet you are nothing at all. Maybe some people wanted to hear that today. Maybe there were some people there that day that just wanted to hear that God is whoever. God is this bottle of water. God is nothing but the shoe on my foot. But this man said, it was my turn to pray. He said, I went up and I began to pray. And he said, when I was closing it out, he said, in the name that is above all other names, in the name which every knee shall bow and tongue will confess, no other name under heaven given among men by which we are saved, in the name of he who saves, he who heals, and he who delivers, and he who is coming back again, In the name of the Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And they said for the next five to six minutes that that place of over a hundred thousand people standing, clapping, lifting their hands, lifting their voices, and responding to what was just prayed over them. They said they couldn't even go on with what they were having to do because the people just continued to clap. And continued to worship and continued to pray. All walks of life, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody on the platform was crossing their arms kind of angry and bitter. And said, why are they reacting to this simple prayer? Why are they reacting to this simple prayer? And he said, I responded real simple. Just for him. There is still power. In the name of Jesus. I concur with him today. There is still power in the name of Jesus. There is still power in the name of Jesus. There is still healing in the name of Jesus. There is still salvation in the name of Jesus. I open up these altars right now if you want to worship that name. I open these altars up this morning if you need something from that name. I open up these altars if you're looking for salvation. If you're looking for healing. There's still power in the name of Jesus. If you're looking to be changed, you're right where you need to be. I come with the message of Jesus. 